welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Let's get it going out there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the world. Welcome on into the Sports Buffoon Studios once again for episode 150-something. Who goddamn knows these days? We've been getting at it now for the last couple of years. We've lost track. Big time. <laughs> and so today we got my boy Tanner Dawson. Jason JG is absent from this one. He will be back, I hope, next week and be back as normal and uh, doing all the good JG things. So uh, exactly, no worries for him. He'll be back. And he did send us in his pick of the week, but we're not going to get to that just yet. Um, yeah. I, we have some things to jump into today, obviously. I mean, we got college football playoffs around the corner. Uh, K-State in the Big 12 Championship against TCU this weekend. That's going to be fun to watch that, um, which at this point, K-State's ranked number 10 in the nation. Truth be told, they could beat just about anybody. So Correct. Um, with the way that they play, I think that they're sneaky to beat anyone, even a undefeated TCU team. Yeah, and we'll so, get into that towards the end of the show today. Right. Um, but first and foremost, um, we saw some banter on Twitter earlier this evening between Justin Reed and Jamar Chase. Um, I don't know how much you've dug into that yet, Tanner. You know, but, I actually did not see any of it. Well, okay. I haven't been on Twitter. There, there was a question posed to Chief Safety Justin Reed about you know what he would have done you know to to lock up the Bengals uh, receiving group last year and he basically there was something with the phrase of that he would have locked up T Higgins was the was the answer now he did clarify on Twitter saying he was actually talking about the tight end apparently so but anyways this got out there and on the Twitter Twitter sphere the Elon Musk world and uh, Jamar Chase did not like the the the, the chatter the talk from Justin Reed about how, you know, Reed's just going to somehow single-handedly just lock it all down, which we know that's probably, that's, that's probably not going to happen. That's, that's, that's fair. not the way it works. <clears throat> that's fair. Um, at the end of the day, the, basically Jamar Chase, this, this was an interesting comment. He goes, um, tuna in a can with a cat face on it. That was his final response was his to final Justin, response. Justin Reed. And then, uh, oh, man. so at this point, tuna in a can with a cat face on it, Sounds like a stinky pussy. So I, I'm assuming that's where that, that's coming from. So, no, so, that's fair. So anyways, guys, anyways, throwing some fuel to the fire for the flames here coming into the week. I can't wait to watch Chiefs Bengals. We're going to talk about that here more in a few minutes. Um, but I think it's going to be a huge game. Obviously, the Chiefs care a lot about this after losing twice last year to the Bengals, yeah. including the ultimate letdown. Mahomes' worst second half of his entire career came in that uh, AFC or yeah, AFC championship game against the Bengals. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of guys on this team right now. That he, feel like they, he referenced it too after the game. So yeah. what the matchup coming up. So, right. It's, it's going to be a big deal without a doubt. So oh, uh, um, game of the year, really congrats to Mahomes, new baby boy, born baby on boy, Mr. Bronze Monday, more than mm. Monday, Mr. Bronze Mahomes. So it, it is Patrick bronze, bronze. Levon Mahomes, the third. So that's that's a lot of words for a name. That is that is quite you a know? lot of words. You know, I've I've heard some people don't even have middle names, but <clears> yet, <throat> this guy this kid has five words in his name. So um, max <clears throat> characters of thirty two. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, maybe they didn't get the memo on that one, but hey, good news is in twenty one years we're gonna have a new quarterback and he's gonna be Patrick Mahomes the third. So that's, that's the right. goal, right? That's all. Need, so, that's all that matters in the end. Right. All right. Well, Tanner, let's dive into it. We gotta talk about the East. Money picks of the week because guys, 
as you know, each and every week we talk about this, whether it's at the end of the show, beginning of the show, but lately we've been wanting to put out in the forefront for you guys, because let's, let's be real. We're trying to make y'all money. And if you've been following along recently, you've been making money like we are. So with that said, go ahead and give us the rundown. How did we do last week with the easy money picks? And we'll tell you our picks for this week. Well, let's break into it. You know the definition of a baller. All right, guys. So let me get my magic notebook. <clears throat> Last week, week 12 for the NFL season, week 12. Uh, JG actually had a pretty decent week. I know. He did. Yeah. Again. Hey, he's on a roll these days. Yeah. So he, he did have is, a rough start. He's doing better. Eight and eight now. Doing better. Even. Yeah. He had Detroit plus nine and a half. That hit. I feel like that was almost the easiest bet of the week. Yeah. Uh, going to play the Giants with that late touchdown in the game. Scored that plus 10. So yeah. JG ended up hitting both of his bets in the place. Yeah. Mike, you had just the Lions at nine and a half doubling down. Uh, that hit. So you're now 10 and two. Um, I had a. I, I look, I've had bad luck these last two weeks because, you know, the Bills. I had the Bills on the under, and yeah. they moved from the Buffalo to Detroit. Then you had the Justin Fields situation. And then Justin Fields gets ruled out two days or one day or has the injury designation one day after the show and then gets ruled out on Saturday. I hope you've learned your lesson, by the way. Whatever you pick this week, oh, I hope, I hope you, it's something that's not going to change. Is I've, gone, moving around. I've gone the JG route, just not pick bad teams, so. I'm going the JG around in this. All so right. Chicago plus six did not hit. I feel like Justin Fields was in there would have hit. Um, Mike, Mike White, by the way, went off, went ham against that defense. That's crazy. Uh, and then I, I took a shot. I took a shot just because, you know, the Tennessee team in college was uh, struggling. So I went Vandy plus 17. They ended up losing 56-0. Ooh, uh, that's a scary one. Yeah. Uh, Ten- Tennessee, no. though, Tennessee as a team like that to go 56 0 without their star quarterback. That's actually kind of impressive. But honestly, just... JG and I sit here every week and tell you to stop picking college teams. And it continues to happen. So... Oh, I got Hey, you know what? And also, Saturday, Saturday actually came out like plus 25 in the end for my college bets. Okay. So <laughs> apparently, picking one bet is not a good thing for me. I see what I do every week. I give you guys one pick, one bet yeah, you for the one. week, and I just I, I hone in on mm-hmm. one pick, and that's the one that I truly believe in. I've only been wrong twice all year. Yeah. So otherwise, I've been nailing them, and they're, they've been really easy, in my opinion, for Car- the most part. Carlos in here. Carlos, thanks for coming in. As always, the man New Yorker. Uh, he says, Jets broke banks and wallets. Well, Justin Fields broke my bank and wallet. So uh, going into play here, Let's. Uh, do you have JG's bet, you said? Yeah, JG's bet. So he did send us a text here a few minutes ago. He says he I, I haven't looked at this actually. He said he has the Patriots money or Patriots uh to cover spread spread. So um, which I guess we should pull that up now. So that Patriots spread is right now plus three and a half and plus four across the board. Okay, so Patriots plus if you can get if you can get plus four, four. then get the four. Um, against the Bills, which, which tells me he thinks there's a chance there could be an upset. Yeah, against the Bills, and it's at New England on a Thursday night. Buffalo with their down streak already going to play, mm-hmm. having having such a tough time winning ball games lately. It seems, and we'll know about that one soon because that's tomorrow night. So yeah. obviously, and here's the thing: when I look at this game too, and I see Patriots Bills, and like the Patriots are at home in this game, you know the Patriots, you know Bill Belichick, and like this is a team that just finds ways to win. It Even does. Despite, Great defense. Despite letting Tom Brady move along, 
what are the Patriots doing? They're still winning games. They've done it the last two years. You know, they're still winning games. They're still finding ways to win games. And the Bills have been weird lately. You know, they're not the overly dominant team that we've come to know over the previous, you know, the first seven weeks of the season. Right now, they're in a situation where I feel like they're pretty vulnerable. And I think a confident Patriots team could really shake them up. So it could. I, I don't mind the pick for him no. for JG there. So you can get plus four guys at minus 107 is the best bet I see here. That's at points bet currently. Otherwise, minus 110 uh, across the board there. So, um, and did he have any other picks? No, just the one this just week. Just the one this week. Like, okay. Yeah. So JG with Pats plus four. So he's on the books. Football. We'll see if you can get him over 500. JG's eight and eight. So if he gets this one right, he's be, he'll be over 500 for the year. That would be good for him. Right. So. so what do you got going into play this week? Well, believe it or not, I'm going to go back to the one that let me down. I'm going back to the one that let me down. That's always a tough one. And that's right. I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins. I like the Dolphins plus four against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and I know they, they are the away team in this situation. It's they a, are. also a big travel to the other side of the country. I understand all that. But I also feel like people underestimate just the capability of what the Dolphins can do. Mm-hmm. And yes, despite the fact the 49ers have had a great defense, they've only allowed 170-something points this year to all teams across the board. Chiefs are the ones that put up 40 on them, over 40 on them. So, I mean, that's a huge chunk. So Chiefs are the one team that really put up the huge chunk. Otherwise, that number would look even better. Better, yeah. For the 49ers. And if you look at their their points discrepancy, this points differential, which is a big stat I care about, they're plus, like, plus 75 right now, uh, which is just a great number. That's why they're currently ranked fourth right now in, in betting odds on to win the Super Correct. Bowl, which I, I don't believe that's going to happen because I don't think the Super Bowl champion this year comes from the NFC, personally. But with that said, um, I just, I think that we're ignoring the fact of what the Dolphins are capable of, and that's why I got my boys, Tua, Tyreek. Uh, they stole your running back, so Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to be yeah. over there, of yeah. course. You know, doing his thing. So I just think there's too much firepower for the Dolphins. And as good as the, the 49ers are on defense, I think that you're just going to run into a rough, rough situation with too much talent on the offensive side of the ball of the Dolphins. It's going to be a similar type of outcome for what we saw for that Chiefs 49ers game. And I'm not going to say it's a blowout because that ended up being a blowout. But I like the Dolphins plus four in this. Even if they lose by field goal, it is what it is. But I like the Dolphins in this one. If they let me down twice, then I'm over it. Then I'm done because they let me down big time. That, that uh, three weeks ago. Yep. I actually had a lot of money on that game. Was that Texans too, right? Or it, something like that. It was though the Bears. Oh, the Bears. That's what. That's it was. when Justin Fields, Justin Fields set the off. the quarterback rushing record, yeah. 178 yards now in one game. Um, which you know, of course, I would bet on that game. A big, mm-hmm. big chunk of money to to come on the losing end of that one. But um, anyways. That's my pick. So, so Miami right now, plus four, the best bets out there right now is at points bet as well, minus 107. Uh, you can get that value. Otherwise, it's plus four, minus 110. Or FanDuel has plus three and a half at minus 104. Get the four. Get the four. So I would yeah. go, I'll go with that four at minus 107. Um, then that's the only one you got, right? Right. Because also, okay. I like, I, sometimes I like these even number bets because. Yeah. If it does land on exactly a four-point differential to push, correct, you get your money back. So basically, at this point, you're you're betting on the fact the Dolphins don't lose by five or more. Yeah. So if they lose by four, well, okay, call it a draw. You get your money back. It's a push. I just I, I don't see the, the Dolphins losing by a touchdown. 
No, that's fair. Truth be told. So that's, that's why fair. I go. I got Dolphins here on this. All right. So for mine, I'm actually doubling down. I'm going actually Dolphins money line on this one. I believe the Dolphins are the better team going into San Francisco. Wow. San Francisco offense. I just feel like it's still too inconsistent. By the way, when two is in, they win. So as long as two is playing, standing up straight. That's going to be fine. I like the Miami offense. So you're telling me, Tanner, we have another two weeks in a row, a buffoon double down. Buffoon, buffoon double, double down. down bet. And this time, instead of just being the same money or, pl- or spread, I'm right. going money line. You got so the money line. I'm saying the Dolphins win this. But so that means if you win, then I win. So, yeah, correct. So that's that's crazy. Okay, that's, so that's two weeks in a row. We basically have a double down bet for the yeah. buffoons. So. I, I love the Dolphins offense in this just because they've been performing such a high level going to play. I feel like this is a great challenge. I also feel like this team's up for that challenge, and their offense is just too nuts to go to, to be able to just be calmed down by this San Francisco defense. Yeah, so. I, mean, I, I see the Dolphins putting somewhere in the high 20s. Oh, yeah, that's fair. I, I'd say 30 on my side. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I, my I, big thing I'd is, go, but they should be, I feel like they should be able to win this game. I don't know that the 49ers' offense can keep up. That's no. my problem. As good as their numbers look on defense, I get it, guys, but they're very beatable. We mm-hmm. know from experience. Yeah, we Mahomes put a number on them. Um, and the Dolphins have, you know, top three talent offensively on their roster of any team in the league. And maybe we'll get into this too, but we'll, you know, look at the playoff picture too. The Dolphins can't afford to lose a game like San Francisco to keep up with the Chiefs, to keep up with the Bills going to play for that one seed. So if they want a chance to that one seed, they gotta they gotta win. It's a it's a must win from here on out. So uh that's what I'm looking at. You can get uh Plus 175 on DraftKings currently uh, on plus 172 FanDuel, plus 165 points bet, 170 on uh, Caesars, and 155 on MGM. So there's a lot of great value spread out there. So if you do have money in one of those accounts, I'd say throw something on it. So going into play. And, of course, it is title week for the NCAA. I have to give my bet here. Um, And it is not the K-State over TCU game. Uh, it is actually going to be, oops, I hit the wrong button. Hang on. It's going to be UCF over Tulane. Uh, UCF. That's right. I picked. I hate that pick. I love you. Like UCF has let me down once this year out of five times. So man, Tulane has been beating really good teams, but they also got beaten lately too. So I like that makes it a scary team. It's unpredictable. Yeah, they're, well, so is UCF. Nine and three versus nine and two. I like UCF here uh, at the plus one fifty mark on points bet. So give me UCF as a money line as well for value. I well, think I think we got quite the matchup in CA this this week. So yeah, I mean, well, I guess we'll see how it unfolds. But uh, if, if he, I think if Tanner loses again in college bets, then he needs to cut it off with all that college. Nonsense. Oh, we got bowl season, dude. But yeah, I know we got bowl. We got bowl season. We're gonna probably gonna see MU versus KU. Can't wait to bet on that one. Um, and that's it's gonna be good stuff, you know, down uh-huh. down the road for us, I guess. You know, the only sad thing is for college football, we only got like a month left of it, really. That's true. So and you know, then, then it starts wrapping up, you know, beginning of the new year. So. We're, we're legit. Yeah, it's legit. About to be bowl season coming to play here. So right, very much. All right, so that's our easy money bets, guys. Let us know play your some. thoughts uh, in the comments below. Love to hear what you like uh, coming into play this weekend. So, uh, all right, guys, let's uh, let's dig deep here. Let's look at the NFL playoff picture coming into play. Uh, let's pull her up real quick for everybody to see. All right, so we're going to go down the way here. 
And Mike, there's some teams that are on the bubble currently, somehow still on the bubble for some of them going to play. But let's look exactly what we got going down for the first seven spots uh, this year. So, respectively, for the AFC, we have the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Titans, the Ravens, the Bills, uh, the Bengals, and the Jets. The J E T S Jets. On the bubble currently with the Patriots, the Chargers, the Colts, the Jags, the Raiders, the Browns, the Steelers, the Broncos, and the Texans. So, uh, obviously, I think we can rule out a few of those teams. But right, looking at ahead here, going into play, the Bills. I think I think between the Bills and the Dolphins, they're locked for the fifth spot, right? Somewhere on the fifth spot. So those two should be in. Well, it's either going to be a two or a five Correct. for both of these guys. Correct. So I mean that those that spots locked up. So that gives us two more spots to come into play uh, for this. We have the Bengals at six, the Jets at seven currently, and on the trails within the eight through eleven. Or eight through yeah, I guess eight through eleven is the Patriots, the Chargers, the Colts, the Jags. Any of those four teams you like overtaking the Jets or the Bengals? Uh, right now, I don't. I think the AFC is more clear cut than the NFC right now. Um, I like what the AFC is working with. I like the Jets right now, especially if they continue to roll with Mike White, because uh, mm-hmm. I think that he probably is someone you can trust to rely on more than Zach Wilson as far as efficiently getting the job done offensively. Because the truth is the Jets' defense has done really well this year. They do have good players on offense. Obviously, Garrett Wilson had a big play this past week. Um, And even though they lost Brees Hall a few weeks ago, um, they're still finding ways offensively to put put up numbers. And just enough to where they're winning games. You know, they're finding ways to win games. And if you told me, you know, three months ago the Jets would be 7-4 and right now, you know, I would have said, Jude, you're crazy. You know, and I, you know what I mean? So, so it's, <laughs> it's like, true. you know, I would have just been like, nah, you're, you're delusional. And, you know, some of you, some of you people out there with your, with your fandoms of your teams, you are delusional, but the, the, on this one, the Jets, uh, our boy Jude did a great job with hyping it, hyping his team up, leaving in his team. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that he's having some success um, in his fandom at the moment with the Jets. Cause you know, that's a team I felt like was probably a year or two away from being successful because I, I still don't necessarily know that Zach Wilson is the answer. But Mike White had some production last year, mm-hmm. having some production this year. It's like, you know, OK, screw the draft position. Screw worrying about, oh, we, t- we picked this guy number two overall. Just play the play the better player at the end of the day, especially when you're seven and four. You don't have time to worry about, you know, developing right now. You got to worry about trying to get to the playoffs. Yeah. Know, that's what this is all about right now for the Jets. And looking at their their team, I like them the most. And the Patriots, as as tough as they play, I don't think that they have enough firepower to keep up with the rest of the AFC. To get so, through that, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, my, my teams, and, and to make the playoffs in the AFC, it's pretty, pretty clear cut to me. And you got Chiefs, Dolphins, Bills, Jets, Titans. And then you got, more. you got the Ravens are 7-4 and four right now. Yep. And Bengals are seven and four too. Yep. So let's so. let's do this here, right? For the AOC part here, let's break down some schedules coming up here, right? We're going to enter in the last what six, what one, two, three, four, five, six weeks of the season. Let's see exactly who these guys may have coming up into play. And you know, let me know your thoughts, actually, if it changes for you. So we'll start with the Bengals schedule: Chiefs, Browns. Deshaun's back, so you got to think about that. Chiefs, Browns, Tampa, New England. Buffalo and Baltimore all to end the season. That's hard. 
That's a tough schedule for the I Bengals. Mean, here's the thing. If, if you're the Bengals right now, you, this game against the Chiefs is a must win. Uh-huh. If you lose this game to the Chiefs, you're now 7-5, and five, and you're rolling into the, the back part of the season against all those other really good teams. Um, and, you know, the Browns are one of those weird teams, even though they're 4-7, and seven, can, can be sneaky. Yeah. They can get you. Nick Chubb is a badass. And Deshaun Watson, hard, back. Hey, hard, hard to say how he's going to do yet, but, you know, I can assume he's going to be somewhat productive just based on his natural athletic ability as a quarterback. Um, so I think you got to look into that and got bills to worry about, which the bills are probably going to be trying to ramp it up at the end of the year to prove that they can, you know, stick in this thing and not fall off or go through too much of a rough patch. Um, yeah, that's a hell of a schedule right there. For that's the Bengals, a tough so. schedule. I mean, they, they really, the Bengals and in, in, in instance, they make their own playoff opportunity here going into play. These are games they can't be slack, and these are games they can't get hurt on either. But here's the thing. So then who do you alternate with, the Patriots? You think you think the entire well, AFC East makes it? Let's look. Let's look. Jets, Minnesota, Buffalo, at Minnesota, at Buffalo. They get Detroit, who has been no slack of a losing team right now, but they've been high-powered offense. Jaguars, the Seahawks, and they end on Miami. That's it. That's, a, that's also a pretty too. tough schedule going to play. Yeah, the Colts uh, coming into play. Jeff Saturday and that crew. Nah, it's that, hard to believe that team sucks. Well, they got Dallas. They're at Dallas, at Minnesota. They got the Chargers. They got the Giants, and they finish up on Houston. Um, they're they're right now four and seven and one. They're going to end up with six wins this year. Yeah. I, I believe that too. That's what they'll end up with. Uh, the Chargers, who were also in contention, who we had really high hopes for. They had the Raiders this week, uh, Miami next week, Tennessee, Indy, the Rams, and then Denver to finish out the season. What's I, amazing to me about the Chargers is that somehow that defense is terrible. Oh, it's awful. Like, it doesn't make any sense because they loaded up with talent and free agency. When got Khalil Mack, got JC Jackson, um, and you just you saw some of these guys on the have been on this team too for quite a while. You thought, oh, they'll they'll also step up or whatever or improve. It's like no, like somehow they're regressing despite the additions they made. Because it was kind of scary in the offseason thinking about mm-hmm. oh look at all this added talent they got and somehow they can't put it together. Meanwhile teams with lesser big names on their roster are finding ways to be top ten defenses. Yeah, exactly. So that's the Chargers. Now this one's interesting. I want you to remember New England has the tiebreaker because they, they won both the games against the Jets coming into play. Okay. The, the New England has Buffalo, Arizona, Vegas, Cincy, Miami, and Buffalo. Now, if they beat Arizona and Vegas and maybe Cincy as well, the Jets would still have to beat somewhere in the middle of the schedule. They have Minnesota, Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, Miami. That looks a whole lot scarier than Buffalo, Arizona, Vegas, Cincy, Miami, Buffalo. I kind of like they have the New England schedule with the two tiebreakers going into play because I think in the end that gets them into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. And it, it sounds to me like a lot of these teams that are on the back end of the playoff bubble um, have mildly difficult schedules. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all either playing each other or, or playing the toughest team in their division at least once. Um, so to me, it's at the, end, at the end of the day on this one, I think you got to look at what has currently happened to, to this point and trust who's been productive at this point, who's not been a letdown, or who doesn't, who's not been a failure at this point. Um, and you, 
I think that's what I got to base my. I, I think off of. I think New England in the end has has what it takes to to win this one here. Uh, one so one team just because they are getting their starter back, Deshaun Watson, Cleveland Browns, uh, still in contention for this. Mike, uh, their schedule cup coming is Houston, of course, the return, Cincinnati next week, Baltimore after that, New Orleans, Washington, and Pittsburgh. The Browns could sneak their way into a playoff spot if. Deshaun comes out being the Deshaun we know. Yeah, the biggest problem with that is that Amari Cooper is going to have to play like DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't know that in his and he can be DeAndre Hopkins in his prime because that's what Deshaun Watson was working with for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, because otherwise you got Donovan Peoples Jones and you're gonna be handing the ball off a lot and checking it down to Kareem Hunt. Like that's gonna be your game. And then, you know, scrambling here and there. I, I assume Watson still has some speed to him. We'll find out this weekend, um, but I, I feel like that's it's going to be a little bit frustrating. I think because you know he just was able to work with the team again here. I think a couple weeks ago. Yep, yep. He's been taking some one reps, but I don't know that offensively if this team is as talented for the receiving aspect as what he had worked with in the past with the Texans. Nah, no, no. Because um, I think because back then with the Texans, actually before Bill O'Brien ruined everything. They had actually quite a bit of talent on that roster, and yeah. they were making plays. I mean, they had Brandon Cooks and Hopkins, and they had other guys that were just fast. He obviously, uh, he's been out of the league now. It seems like for for a little while. Um, the other speedster that would drop everything. Oh, uh, still uh, get open. Will, Will I mean, Fuller. Yeah, Will Fuller. We haven't heard of him in a while. Um, yeah, he's still a free agent out there too. His, well, just terrible hands, but he was fast, and every once in a while he'd pop off for a big touchdown. Well, yeah, for six games that he would play in the season. So yeah, it's like every once in a while I just have a big play. But I, I just don't. I don't see. I don't think the the Browns have players like that on the roster right now that can make those big impact plays. Amari Cooper is your one reliable option receiving wise. And uh, I just don't know that's enough. David Njoku being the, the breakout this season, actually showing showcases some of his talents. But I don't. Deshaun's not known for passing the tight ends very well. They're they're going to have to continue to rely, rely on Nick Chubb offensively yeah. to get things done. Um, but. I still be curious to see how well Watson performs okay. as we go. So AFC playoff picture, who's your last two spots in? After all the schedules we just looked through, who do you got coming in six and seven? All right, six and seven. Um, it's weird to want to say the Chargers are out. It's weird, isn't it? It is it's weird to think about that. Especially when they still um, have like Indy and the Rams and Denver for the last three games. Oh, in Vegas this week. Man, that's 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 tough stuff right there. Okay, here's the deal: the Chargers has hands like feet. I love it. The Chargers are healthier now again. Correct. And yes, Mike Williams. Mike Williams got injured last week. I get it. Keenan Allen was back though, and yeah, it's it's funny. It's like as soon as one of them comes back, then you know they get injured again. It's just the way the Chargers been for a decade. I think that because. They're going to be healthier at this point of the season. They were in the middle point of the season. I think the Chargers are in. I'm putting the Chargers in. I don't know whether they're going to be a six or a seven, but I'm putting them in. And I, I guess my other option, you know, has got to be the, the bottom guys. There's what are my options there? I got I got Chiefs, so you Chargers, got, so yeah, Dolphins, Bills, Jets, Patriots. Yeah. So then but Patriots are out. So yeah. So your bottom guy at seven is either the Jets, the Bengals. The Patriots or the Browns at this point? I have Patriots out. So Patriots out. Mm-hmm. So then you leaves you with the Bengals, the Jets, 
the Browns, the Colts. Well, Colts are not making it. Browns are not making it. So lose you with Patriots or Bengals, Jets. Bengals and Jets are in. Which one? Out of those two? Yeah. Because you, you already got the Chargers. Oh, well, shoot. So you got to pick one more gotta, slot. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. In that case, give me the Jets. The Jets let's, over the Bengals. Let's say, because yeah. you guys you guys know that old his, historic yeah. notion of Super Bowl hangover, right? Not that the Bengals are going through that at all. No. But there was this old thing that happened many, many for many, many years over the past couple of decades where the Super Bowl loser would go into the next season and basically suck. Yeah, that was that's that, that has for some reason been a thing. Obviously, the Chiefs didn't suck last year after their loss to the Buccaneers. But um, we saw that happen for many years. And not that the Bengals are going to suck by any means, but I think that schedule that we talked about there toward the, these next five weeks. Yeah. That is hellacious. That's, that's a tough one. Chiefs, Browns, so, Tampa, New England, Buffalo, and Baltimore. I just I think I got to go Jets on this, especially if Mike White can continue to play at a high level. Um, it's a fresh face, you know. He's got a lot to prove. Okay. I, I think the Bengals are going to run I, into a whirlwind. I do I do like the Jets over the Bengals for the fact that they got Jacksonville and Seattle is beatable, and Detroit is very beatable too because yeah. you can put up pace with them. So I agree with you. Uh, I'd say I'd say my final two spots actually come down um, to Chargers and the Patriots on mine. Um, I think those two end up making I think the tiebreaker comes into play the last week of the season between the Patriots and the Jets, and since the Jets lost twice, Patriots get in. So, uh, all right, let's break down the NFC side of things. We got the Eagles, the Vikings, the 49ers at three, Tampa at four, Cowboys five. Then the Giants at seven and four, the Giants at six, and the Washington Commanders at seven and five. That is till the whole NFC East is currently in the playoffs on the bubble here. Uh, we got the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Lions, the Packers, the Panthers, the Cards, the Saints, the Rams, and the Bears coming into play. A little less uh, appetizing on the NFC bubble side of things that I'm seeing here. But, Mike, let's. What, what's your thoughts here first on that first seven into play? I think this actually is pretty easy. I, I do have, the believe it or not, the entire NFC East in the playoffs. And what's funny is the last time that happened, it was also the NFC East. The last time all four teams from a division sure. made the playoffs, it was also the NFC East, and that was about 20 years ago. Um, so, obviously, now in a 17-game season, things look a little different. But um, I think that, yeah, you have all the NFC East. You have the 49ers. The Seahawks are out. They will be – they've had a nice little run. And Geno Smith has done a really good job. But I don't think they have enough to keep up with everything else going on in the NFC right now. Um, I, I personally just I find some of what they've done this year a little fraudulent, um, despite the fact Geno's played really well. I just think that there's too many other better teams. Obviously, the NFC South um, is is up in the air still, but I have Correct. the Buccaneers I think winning the that. Bucks come out. I think you're gonna you're gonna put Brady in there. I mean, they're five and six right now, but they're at the top of their their division. I think you got to put Brady in there. Um, it, it, you know, he'll, he might they might finish off eight and nine and one. Yeah, something crazy like that. You know, I mean, they might have a tie around here. Who knows? But or eight eight and eight and one. I guess what would it be? Or eight and nine. Who knows? But I think they still because that division is so weak that they can get in with a losing record. 
especially in a seven-team format. Um, and then obviously uh, NFC North, easy pick. Lions are out. Packers are out. Vikings are the clear-cut winner on that one. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's pretty easy. The entire NFC East, 49ers, Vikings, Bucks. Okay. So let's let's do the same thing. Let's break down some schedules just to, just to see, make sure we're all kind of thinking the same thing going into play. Uh, you know, just finishing up, grabbing the last of this here. So let's start with our two bottom guys, the Giants and the Commanders. Okay. The Giants come into play, have Washington twice. So Washington, Philly, Washington, Minnesota, Indy, Philadelphia. So they got Washington twice, Philadelphia twice, Minnesota once, and Indy uh, on New Year's Day. Um, does that change anything for you at the moment? Well, I have them both in anyway, right? Yeah. Giants and Commanders. So so Giant or so yeah, so Washington has Giants twice, of course. Actually back to back games for them because they have a bye week after this week, the final bye week. So they have the Giants, Giants, San Francisco, Cleveland, and Dallas uh to end the season. Um going into play. So about all those guys currently, sure I'm okay with. I guess right now going looking at it. I guess the to me honestly the only schedule I'd be curious to see more about would be the Seahawks mm-hmm. sitting at six and five even though I don't think they're going to make it in um, and I do have them battling for that seventh spot with the Commanders. I think the Giants are in the playoffs. Okay, um, despite their schedule, Commanders. The problem with the Commanders is inconsistency quarterback. I feel like they're indecisive right now with what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, and I just, I don't know if structurally they're a strong team. They will be a quick in and out team in the playoffs. Once they get there, it'll Heineke, be Heineke go back in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so let's just say Washington finishes out split with Washington. Okay. And then, uh, doesn't beat Philly. So we're now looking at one, one, uh, one, two. And then do they beat Minnesota? Does the Giants beat Minnesota? No. In Minnesota? Okay. So they're one and three, two and three with Indy. And now you got Philly. So they could be finishing two and four, possibly going in the last five or last six. As much as Philly looks good sitting there at 10 and one, you think they split? I think Philly is on the, on a close verge of a collapse. Okay. So now you're thinking, you're thinking it's more about one, two, three, four, five, six. So three and three. Situation possibly, okay, with that, which that's good enough, I think, to make the playoffs, okay. Giants, so assuming the same thing, one and one for Washington. Do they beat does Washington beat San Francisco? They can at San Francisco, they're beatable. Um, so you're gonna put a record on it. I'm gonna say they don't beat San Francisco, so one and two, Cleveland. Yeah, I mean two Cleveland's beatable. I mean, I don't. We and haven't then, seen Deshaun Watson yet, but. right? And Dallas at the end. Dallas is also a very beatable team. Okay, it's, so it, those are all a bunch of fifty-fifty games. So these guys could finish out possibly three and two or two and three, the last their last five. Um, and then you said Seahawks. Seahawks coming to play have Rams, Carolina, San Francisco, the Chiefs, Jets, and Rams again. So the Rams, I feel like Seahawks beat the Rams twice. Yeah, I don't feel right. like the Rams do that. Having two Rams in there is going to be two. helpful. Carolina, I think they be competitive with, but I think in the end the Seahawks take out Carolina. They should. So that's three wins. San Francisco, 
I th- let's look at back at the previous matchup yeah. against San Francisco. They lost 27 to seven in week two. Truthfully, 49ers are a lot better team than the Seahawks. Okay. Are. So one, two, three, and one. The Chiefs loss at, at Arrowhead. I think Geno, Geno Smith's not going to win an Arrowhead. Three and two, and the Jets in Seattle. That's a split game. That's a tough call. So this could be a a four and two team, a four, a three and three team as well in this. So honestly, this might all come down to tiebreakers at the end of the day. So there's one team I do want to throw in that is on the bubble that you didn't talk about, but based off their schedule, they actually have an opportunity to sneak into that seven spot. Very possible. Let me check one other real quick. Yeah. I like this team a lot better. Just for the running aspect of things, even though it's so such a bad team currently, they are they could sneak in the seventh spot if things drop their way. That is the Carolina Panthers. They got Seattle, they got Pittsburgh, Detroit, Tampa, and New Orleans, all to finish the season. All very beatable that they've already taken upon. New Orleans for sure. They already beat Tampa once. I don't think they beat them again, but that'd be a really close game there. I still think Detroit, I think they win. Pittsburgh, I think they can win, and then Seattle, I think they can pull it out. Possibly, I don't have the Panthers beating Detroit. No, um, I, I think their quarterback situation right now is a mess. I think it's a running game. I think Deontay and, Foreman runs through them. Sure, but he can only do so much. I mean, at the I end of the know. day, when you're playing the Lions and you know they're going to put up points because that's what the Lions do this year. They have a shitty ass defense, but a really good offense. Um, you're so, you're not going to be able to keep up. So the Lions, Jacksonville, Minnesota, Jets, Carolina, Chicago, and Green Bay to finish their season. Yeah, the the problem the problem is obviously the, the defense. The, de- the defense is not good at all. It's towards okay. horrible. So okay, so I guess who's your six seven? Who's your six seven based off the schedules we just saw? Yeah, six seven. So currently, not standing, in any order. I'm just, I'm just going. Yeah, currently standing, two, two teams to make Giants it. and Washington. I think. So you've almost convinced me on the Seahawks part. Yeah. Based off I, that I schedule. I think based off the schedule right there with the Seahawks, I could see the commanders being out while the Seahawks get in. So, so that would be my one so switch. So you got what? Giants and Seahawks? Well, I would, I would swap out. Originally, I said the entire NFC East. Yep. I think based on the schedule you just said, I think that the Seahawks can get in and the commanders are out. Okay. That's what I'm looking at right now. So I'm actually going a weirder way than you. I'm going commanders in, Giants out, Seahawks in. Just based off that schedule I'm seeing. Because I think I'd much rather face a Giants team twice, San Francisco, Cleveland, and Dallas, than I would Washington twice, Philadelphia twice, Minnesota once, and Indy once in the last six. So I'd much rather have that bye week in the middle and – go about that way. So I'd go Washington and Seahawks and the Giants end up falling out in the end. Yeah, I could see that too, mainly because the Giants, I don't I've never believed in them anyway this year. They're sitting at seven and four, but great season. I mean, great first season they, for they've had a Apple, nice little but... run, I suppose. Um I think most of these teams we're talking about though are gonna be quick in and out playoff teams. Yeah. Uh, it's not gonna be anything that's sustainable or they're gonna get on a hot streak and start running the one team that could would be the Buccaneers, just well, just because of you know what, um, you know you just because that's possible, right? Yeah, yeah right. But otherwise, no. I think all the teams we've been talking about here in the bottom are kind of a waste of time because when it comes to the Super Bowl, which is what we care about the most, 
I think you got you know when it comes four to playoffs, teams. It doesn't matter what happens. You've got four teams in the NFC that matter. And all it is is Eagles, Cowboys, 49ers, and Vikings. That's it. All these other teams are. It's like watching the NBA in regular season. It's a big waste of time, and uh, they're not going to matter when it comes time to postseason play. Uh, but th- those four teams I just named are le- legitimate teams that could represent the hey, NFC. You said the right time for fire. I mean, that could that could happen to play. Rob Logan here says, "Did you watch that last Eagle games? <laughs> last Eagles game? Hertz is on fire." Rob, he's been on. He, Hertz has been on fire all year, though. Yeah, I mean that's that's nothing new by any means. Um, I I think that there's going to be a little bit of a loose lug nut as time goes here towards the back end of the season. Um, I just I, th- I think that we're starting to see some signs as okay. time's gone on. And I know we're talking about a ten and one team. It's hard to find negative in ten and one team, but we're starting to see some signs of vulnerability with the Eagles. And that's why I believe that I think towards this back end, we'll see them decrease a little bit in some of the uh, amazing plays we've seen as time's gone on. So the only final question I have for you, I'm not going to get an AFC picture or playoff picture for the one seed because I feel like the Chiefs should have that. We know it's between Chiefs, Bills, and Dolphins, essentially, for that one. NFC, one seed. Do the Eagles hold out going into play? Because uh, the Eagles right now have the – Titans, the Giants, the uh, the Bears, Dallas, New Orleans, and the Giants to end, uh, which I don't mind that. I think they can easily win out on that schedule. And the Vikings have the Jets, Detroit, Indy, the Giants, Green Bay, and Chicago, which looks a whole damn easier than what the Eagles have. Uh, I like the Eagles 14-3 and three to finish off the year okay. total. So I think that's their end-of-season end of record. Okay. And I think that's good enough to be the one seed. Okay. Uh uh, Sprite fan 22. Thanks for coming in on there on Twitch. Appreciate you. Uh, he, he asked, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, you came to the, to the right show for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, okay. Uh, honestly, I think that here, here's my envision right now because everyone knows about the podcast with Travis and Jason. Yes. And everyone know, and they're all, they're both likable guys. Of course we've, I think we've always liked Jason Kelsey as a player um, and as, as a dude. I think he's cool. And of course, we love Travis Kelsey. You know, there's no reason not to. Correct. Um, and they have this podcast that they began this year. His mom, which she bought many years ago, has a split jersey, Eagles and Chiefs, that says Kelsey on the back, of course, that's, that's sewn together right out in the middle, mm-hmm. a split Chiefs and Eagles jersey. And I just have this envision in my head of, of the – all the camera shots throughout the game of showing his showing their parents of Travis and Jason, Kelsey's parents. And, you know, this, this is going to be a thing where we're just going to be the Kelsey showdown. And, you know, they're going to be constantly highlighting the Kelsey's all game is going to be the battle of the brothers. And I really truly believe it'll be chiefs and Eagles at the end of this. Um, the winner hard to say, I don't, I, I obviously as a chiefs fan, how can I sit here and try to make an unbiased opinion? Well, I, I can tell you right now, Jordan Davis is coming back. He's free to practice for that defense, uh, defense as a defensive tackle for the Eagles, which the Eagles have missed him since he's been on IR. So that I mean, that defense is not a, a, a defense to mess around with. No, it's no joke at all. I mean, and if you remember, obviously when the Chiefs played the 49ers a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl, they were a top-notch defense that year too. Yeah, I mean, any any defense you face in the Super Bowl is going to be battle-tested. They're going to be a good quality defense. Even the Chiefs, <clears throat> what we see in these years is 
they kind of have a ramp up period. It seems like we get to this point of the season that we're currently in right now. And from this point on, they start to ramp up and you start to see now we're seeing, aren't we seeing more pressure now from the chiefs? Oh yeah. Than before big the time. chiefs are getting more pressure. We're starting to see, that's the thing. That's the key is we're starting to see more turnovers, more pressure. And that's what the chiefs in 2019 did at that point. Cause the, the beginning of that year, if you remember in 2019, it was ugly. It was, I mean, it was bad. We were worried right away going, Oh gosh, here we go again. It's Bob Sutton all over again. And no, it wasn't. It was never Bob Sutton all over again. Now that's that's a whole different <laughs> spectrum. But Steve Spagnuolo, his historic thing is kind of a ramp up. It's kind of a get things figured out, get figured out, get to the midpoint of the year, and then the back half of the year, the defense tends to explode. And we saw this with the Giants, you know, for many years with Eli Manning. And what would happen is towards that back half of the season and then the end of the playoffs, of course, the pressure was just insane, and his play calling was great. As far as the way he would dial up different yep. blitzes and different looks across the line, it was just amazing. And I see the Chiefs do that with Spagnolo now every year he's been here with the team. And I, I'm a big fan of Spagnolo. I think he calls the game the way I would call the game. Um, so I don't I want to play this pussyfoot Bob Sutton defense. Prevent, prevent and all that other <laughs> crap. I, I cannot stand that crap at all. I hate it. Um, so I, I really do think Spagnolo is a great defensive coordinator, but Anyways, I'm rambling, but my point is, I think that we're seeing Chiefs on a great trajectory right now. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. He's also having his most efficient season of all time so far at the NFL level um, with, you know, a group of receivers from time to time that are Mm -hmm. injured. We're seeing Hardman out. Juju's missed some time. Uh, Marquez Weddle-Scantling's been kind of just like an airhead at times or whatever. It doesn't really matter who you put out there. He's going to be productive and efficient, Um, but we're seeing just this progression right now. And I think that that's the key on the Eagles side. I mentioned a few minutes ago, I see just some lug nuts coming loose right, right now. And I don't mean that that means that they're going to suddenly start, start tanking and start losing four games in a row. All I mean by that is that they're sitting at 10 and one, which looks really pretty. I don't think that they're as good as a record shows at this moment. I think they're a really good team. I think they are a Super Bowl quality team. But they're also very beatable. Correct. I think when you look at teams like the Lions and you come that close, or you, you know, this, this past game, you know, just barely pulling it out, was it 17 to 16? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. When you honestly, you deserved to lose, was it to the Colts in that game? There was a game here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know ago, which one so. you're talking about. Yeah. And it was like the stuff like that. Like they deserved to lose that game. Yeah, they, they, they were coming back too. at the very end. And yes, the Chiefs lost to the Colts in week three. Get it. But that's one of those games where, like, yeah, they they probably deserve to, to lose that game. Um, I just think that they're showing signs of weakness that when it comes time for the playoffs, when it comes time for the Super Bowl, it's gonna be potentially opened up. You're gonna be able to see and attack those signs of weakness because the first few weeks of the season, I was like, Man, this team doesn't have any flaws. We're starting to see some flaws. We're starting to see it now. So that's what I'm talking about towards vulnerability of the team is that once you start seeing some flaws here and there, you can start to get in plan around those things a little bit more as an opposing team. And so I think that once we get to the Super Bowl, we see Travis versus Jason Kelsey. Um, Andy Reid's going to come to battle against his former team that fired him. And, you know, the, oh, the, the Eagles are going to come to battle too because that's a damn good team. That would actually be a really fun matchup to have <clears throat> that's, for that's, that Super Bowl. That would be really fun. That's what I truly envision this year is Eagles and Chiefs, and I've thought about it a, a few times over the course of the season. And I think it just makes sense storyline-wise 
You know, and the NFL cares a lot about storylines. Um, you know, Matt Stafford yeah. last year had finally his big season. He all everyone was rooting for him to finally go to the playoffs and win a playoff game and win a Super Bowl with a brand new team that really cares about you. And, you know, once, you know, all this kind of stuff after being with the Lions for a decade. And then on the other side, you had, hey, let's, you know, Joe Burrow now can be one of the up and coming faces of the NFL. You know, look, he just beat Mahomes twice. And, you know, now he's got these awesome weapons, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And, you know, I just think that that was kind of their storyline was the, the quarterback situation with Burrow and Matt Stafford, where I feel like in this situation, the Eagles Chiefs, it makes sense to me. Like when I think about like, let's say Chiefs Cowboys, like kind of boring. What's, what's the what's the storyline other than Dak Prescott doing pregame warmups? Uh, like, a great, de- a, a pretty good defense it, against a great offense is uh, what it is. Like a Parsons defensive player of the year. You know, is that is that the storyline? I guess going into it, because I don't know. Because I I feel like it it's just going to be weird if that's the case. Um, the Vikings situation doesn't make any sense to me. They'd be rolling back to the 1969 yeah. matchup. Yeah, I guess they could use that <clears> as, <throat> their, as their Kirk thing. Cousins is the new Johnny Unitas. <laughs> that's Johnny Unitas. Right, Frank Tarkin. Frank Tarkin. I want to say, oh, you said well, Colts earlier. That's on my mind. Truth be told, Frank Tarkin is probably faster at this age than Kirk Cousins is he at this age. Probably so. is right now. Um, but yeah, anyways, guys, it just makes sense to me. So that's. <clears throat> It's a long-winded answer to that question. All right. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, speaking about flaws coming into play, um, we got that Chiefs-Bengals matchup this Sunday. Uh, A matchup I've been looking forward to, not only because it's on my birthday, but it's also a rematch coming into play that I've been looking forward to. I've had this game circled. I was not happy about losing to the Bengals twice, especially losing to Joey B and having to hear all the, the hype around him when we know that Chiefs are the better team going to play. This isn't Cincinnati. Uh, one thing we took away from Sunday's Rams victory was the inefficiency to execute in the red zone that Patrick Mahomes took away. That should have been at least two or three more touchdowns. Instead, we kicked field goals because we couldn't execute in the red zone. Are you worried about this going into play with the Bengals matchup? No, I mean, look, you can't take one game and assume it's the truth. Uh, they were going against also the Rams team, which was second in the NFL in defensive uh, red zone touchdowns allowed. So, I mean, you're already facing a, a defense, which, you know, even though they're three and eight and they've had a terrible year, that offense is dog shit. Uh, defensively, they still have Aaron Donald, still have some fast players on that yeah. side of the ball. And they are a top five red zone defense. And they showed it. You know, they made plays when it mattered, and especially against the run. You know, Pacheco only averaged around three yards per carry. And they tried to punch it in the red zone many times. Didn't work. Um, nothing to be concerned about whatsoever. This this is a thing where every once in a while you're going to have an off day or you're just not going to dial up exactly the right play call. The Chiefs, we know what they're capable of, and that's at the end of the day what we need to focus on is that, yeah, they can get down there and go five for five at some day, but they're not always going to do that. That's kind of just regression back to the mean over the course of time. Um, I think my main issue – coming into this game with the Bengals after losing twice last year was we saw the Bengals against the Titans last year in the playoffs in the AFC divisional round. Joe Burrow got sacked nine times in that game times and they still ended up getting a win in overtime in that game. I think it was overtime in that game. Yeah. Um, And the chiefs then the next week went out there, got no pressure on Joe Burrow all game long. It was pathetic trying to watch that happen. 
Um, and that's when we knew we needed to get a pass rusher. You know, that's that was our main and most important thing going into the offseason was fixing the pass rush somehow. And Chris Jones is having an amazing season. He can't do it all on his own, though. Correct. George Carl Office did get his first full sack last last week. Mm-hmm. We're hoping that can be a thing of signs to come, hopefully, to get him going a little bit more as time goes on across this year. But honestly, we need to have Frank Clark step up. And he mentioned an that. Rusher. He mentioned that too in the, one of his interviews this week. He was like, "Yeah, I've been. We've been getting pressure." but I'm not getting those sacks. I'm not getting those numbers I should be getting. So he's acknowledging it. So he's aware, like, I got to do so. I got to do better. I got to figure it out. So they got to keep moving guys around. Kalen Saunders has done a good job, of course. Saunders. But like what we saw here recently, Mike Dana had two sacks. And that guy's like kind of found an interesting role in replacing what Tershawn Wharton was doing on the interior Mm -hmm. rush wise. So Dershon Wharton was used as specifically a pass rushing D tackle on the inside three technique and Mike Dana, who's always been a D end on this team and played a lot of snaps last year, moved more inside here in the last couple of weeks. And he's actually dominating against guards. It's like, he's found his niche right now in this defense. And that is awesome to see because he's never been a pass rush guy. He's been a guy you just hope can set the edge in a way and, you know, slow down the run here and there. You're not going to rely on them to get, go out and get you sacks. But he went out there and got a couple sacks recently. And it's like, okay, we now have that. We have Kalen Saunders coming alive. Chris Jones actually has made an impact when he's moved outside even. Yes, and played he played the end. So that project of making him a full-time the end did not work. But when you rotate him outside every once in a while, you it's can make it happen. Pressure. Yeah, You can make it happen. So I think... Going into this game, that's what we need to see. We need to see the Chiefs get pressure on Joe Burrow and dial up the correct timed blitzes. You know, Legarius Sneed is good to go for this game after the concussion scare from last week. Um, I think that's the main thing we're going to have to watch for in this is just seeing how the Chiefs can make find a way to create pressure against the Bengals. Because as we just talked about, guys, if the Bengals lose this game, they might miss the playoffs. This is their biggest game of the year by far because if they win, they're probably in. If they lose, there's a chance they miss the playoffs because of the schedule, because of what we just talked about a few yeah, minutes we ago. Just talked about. Like they have to win this game. If the Chiefs can knock the Bengals out, that takes care of one more problem that has been a kryptonite to the Chiefs here this past year. So um, that's that's why this is a huge game, guys. And I'm glad it's at three o'clock and not a not a not a primetime game. I'm getting tired of primetime games. You know, when I was younger, <laughs> I loved that stuff. Like I was like, stay up. Like, late, oh, we dude. only we only have two primetime games this year. <clears throat> you know, all the other games are noon kickoffs, and I hated yeah. that. But now it's like we're the best AM team, you know, over the past five years in the NFL. And it's like half of our damn games are late as hell. I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting too old for this crap. So we're looking at the tail of the tape here, just a little info going into play between these two teams uh, based off of NFL.com. Uh, you have the Chiefs first in offense, Chiefs first in passing, 11th in defense, and 20th in rushing versus the Bengals. That's eighth in offense, fourth in passing, 10th in defense, just, just a smidge above us, and 27th in rushing. And there is talks. Joe Mixon should be back this week for that Bengals team. Jamar Chase, I believe, is getting ready to be active uh, as well against this Chiefs team in the play. So they get a couple good weapons back. The defense is starting to pick up a little bit there. We saw against the Titans, too, of them trying just making plays and getting at it. So, uh, look, I 
I'd I'd be lying if I said I'm not worried about this game. Uh, this is a big game. This is a a way to like Mike said, kick a kick a team out of the playoffs, kick a team out of the contention going into play. Uh, and this is also on my birthday, so I expect a win against Joey B in in Cincinnati. Or else I'm gonna have to delete some some Facebook groups that I'm part of that I chat around because there's a big old Cincy fan and he knows who he is. <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't want to know about it. A big old Cincy fan, huh? Yeah, he went to Nashville for the game. He traveled down to Nashville for that You're game. You're talking about Chris? No, no, it's a different guy. You don't know. Which there's like a thousand Chris's in the world. So. Oh yeah, that one Chris guy. No, it's Tommy. Yeah, if you don't know, no, him. I don't think I know that one. Yeah, yeah, he's been talking. I've been in a lot of messages talking crap. So. Hey, truth be told, Bengals fans deserve their opportunity to talk crap. Oh, they I mean, do they, big they, time. They deserve it. Yeah. The Bungles to the you, Bengals now. Well, no, I mean, I mean against the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, they no. beat us twice last year. But I know that's why I can't talk Mahomes, much. Anything. Mahomes had his worst second half, worst half of football he's ever played in his. It's still life, probably. He still talks about it. It haunts him. Well, he talked about it recently this week about how he lost um, basically his mechanics and fundamentals that second half, and he's he said he's rewatched that and he saw himself lose sight of all those this, the, the typical just fundamentals of football and losing sight of that, and that's what happened honestly it was just it was he, he crumbled in that game yeah. and it, it was it's the reason why we can't call him the grim reaper anymore because you know we're not there the, the bills game and won, and won the game and you know 13 second comeback and to go to overtime and all that kind of good stuff and we're all over here thinking like oh man this is going to be a hell of a freaking story of like the grim reaper the comeback and they're going to beat the Bengals and they're going to go beat the rams in the super bowl and then the grim reaper is forever his nickname yeah, we can't do that now. Like the, no. the fun, the it's lost its luster. We it ruined it. We can no longer call Patrick Mahomes the Green Reaper. It's as fun as it was for a week um, to lose in the way he lost, because he did lose us that game. And it's not often that Mahomes loses us a game, but he truly did he, lose us. He lost us that Bengals that, that yeah. Bengals game. So if you if you're looking at it here, the weather's gonna be about 47 and sunny, partly cloudy. Looks like actually, which is perfect for that kind of football weather. The Lions currently at minus two Chiefs favor, and the over-under is 52 and a half. So they're looking at a pretty decent scoring game, which I believe we will have that So, as well. Uh, I I mean, any other final thoughts on this Chiefs-Bengals matchup? No, I'm just excited for it, honestly. Um, yeah, I know we got a big weekend coming up. I, I'm excited to go watch K-State versus TCU. Chiefs game, obviously, Sunday. Um, I'll be at, if you guys, anyone out there listening, is it local, come join the bullpen. Overland, Overland Park, 135th and like Antioch area, somewhere around there. Um, I'll be hanging out there for the game. It's where it's not Antioch, it's Covira. Covira, it's like between there somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. it's Covira and uh, Neiman or whatever. So Neiman, Schweitzer, whatever. Schweitzer. Yeah. One of those deals over there. Um, yeah, I'll be over there at that place hanging out, watching the game. It's a small little cool. They got good food, good place. Um, so that's my plan for that spot anyway. All right. I love it. I love it. I'll be uh, here because I got to go from a dance recital to here to watch the game. So it'll be See, fun. This this is how Tanner tries to convince me to have a kid one day is, <laughs> is a dance recital and staying home. And then I'm just like, you know what? I kind of like my freedom. So. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to parenthood. All right. What do we got left? What's our other topics? I forgot. Well, you wanted to talk about college playoffs. Oh, yeah. Let's so talk a little about we gotta, college We got to dive in for a few minutes, guys, out there listening. College football playoffs coming right up. Um, we saw some maneuvering a little bit here. Who do we have now 
in the top four because I think USC at this point They're deserves to be over Ohio State. Yep. So right now your top four is Georgia, Michigan. Michigan with that huge win last week against Ohio State in Ohio and State. And it was huge. That was huge. Yeah, that was a great uh, big blowout too. Uh, Georgia, Michigan, one and two. TCU, undefeated TCU at three. And USC at 11-1 at four. So here's here's my question. Yeah. When K-State beats TCU this weekend, does TCU get knocked out of the playoffs? Depends on the USC matchup. Depends okay. if Utah beats is it Utah, right? But it's, so then who would slide back? Who would slide in because you then move TCU down to yeah, what Utah. six? So so you would move so let, let's say let's say Utah loses to USC. So USC wins, they move it up to three. Ohio State will move to four. I think TCU has to win to be able to stay in. If now if USC loses and TCU loses. Then I still believe that you keep you bring Ohio State back in and you put TCU at four. And so you are gonna have possibly a Michigan Ohio State matchup again. But I believe that a Big 12 team, one loss Big 12 team, should be in over a two loss SEC team or a two loss uh Pac 12 team. Yeah, I get that. So and it makes sense. I would I would probably go that route on that one. So I, I like that. Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to. I, I feel like it'd be hard to drop a TCU team facing a ranked number ten K State team down two spots out of the playoffs, uh, just because of that one loss. It'd be concerning but, because my here's my thing: it's yeah. for the Big Twelve championship. Correct. If you don't win your own conference, you probably shouldn't win the whole national championship. Like, I just I don't like the idea of you not winning your conference and then somehow finding a way to sneak into the. National championship, like so, so. Do you believe that like the top four should all be conference winners? Pretty much, because then you're looking at possibly a ten and two Clemson team getting in at the three spot. You're looking at uh, who else would it be? Notre Dame, I guess, getting in because they don't have a conference. Or UCF, no, 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 UCF no, 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 at nine and three, a Tulane team at ten and two. No, Notre Dame doesn't count. Okay, because that's really what. What you're looking at, if you believe in conference winners being in the top four for the playoffs, then you're looking at a well, Clemson ten and two, and then a Tulane team that's ten and two. All right. Truth be told, I'm probably off base on that. Though I think in a perfect world, that's how it should work. But the diff- the problem is, the conferences are lopsided. There, uh, you got some that are super top heavy elite talent, and others so, that are not. To that so level. they're bringing in what the eight eighteen playoff range, right? Uh, this is either coming in 2024 or as late as 2027 is the deal. So it's going to be implemented at some point during that time because they haven't for sure said which day, but they gave it that range initially. So we're going to see an 18 playoff eventually coming into play. Uh, into play. But this, so before we get all, because I do actually, have, I think I have a great solution for that uh, in, as well that would help. But Looking at here, I just look at the the matchups for the title games this week. So Friday we have Utah and USC. Number eleven Utah nine and three USC eleven and one. Uh, USC is currently favored at not minus two and a half, and over and under at sixty eight uh, in Las Vegas. So it's of course a neutral well, stadium. Those games we saw uh, USC versus um, Cal, or was it was it Cal? Not not Cal. It was you saw USC against who was uh, it last USC week? Notre Dame last week. Last week, and that that final score ended up being somewhere close to hundred. Yeah, 
on the total. Total, yeah. So last time uh, USC and Utah played, it was what one, two, three, four, five, six weeks ago. Utah won 43-42 for in this matchup. So it is a very winnable game for Utah, who needs you know doesn't really have a chance to get in. But which didn't Tulane beat them? Who USC? Utah. Utah. Uh, Tulane did not beat. They did not not play Utah. I must have imagined that then. Uh, Oregon State won. No, no, sorry. Florida Florida won in week one. Uh, Then UCLA won and Oregon won. Those are the only wins against Utah. Gotcha. Okay. So, and then you got a USC team. uh, Lord mercy. If I can do this right. Uh, That has. There it is. Utah is the only team to beat them. So, well, okay. We're all talking about who's going to play Georgia, right? I mean, isn't that not necessarily this is coming down? I guess know? I guess it'd be between USC. If you're looking at it, you'd be looking at USC, TCU, Ohio State. Well, Georgia's quarterback's like 25 years old, so I mean they're cheating right there as it is. I mean, you got what's funny is that he actually reminds me a lot of Drew Brees. If you watch the way he plays, he actually reminds me a lot of Drew Brees. I've watched him, but. I've never really made that comparison, but that's not, you're not the first person to say that to me, that they have, like, he has a reflection of how Drew Brees plays. Yeah, he's very, very similar. That's, that's yeah, very similar. So I guess looking at it here, um, I don't know, like, I, I looking at the matchups here, I think Utah has a really good chance of beating USC, uh, which would take USC out, bring Ohio State back in. K-State, TCU, another matchup that they played into overtime last time they played. And, of course, TCU ended up winning out. But that's another great matchup as well. But K-State was also banged up. I think that's when Martinez got hurt as well, well a little bit. And they found their role right now with Will Howard at K-State. Correct. So, so that's, a, that's a great matchup there. That's going to be an exciting game. 11 a.m. game, by the way, uh, for that one. TCU minus 2.5, over and under 62 in Arlington. Uh, and I think that's the only downfall is it's in Arlington versus, uh, you know, like Oklahoma or something. So like a more neutral venue than Arlington. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's that's true. But I, I feel like in this situation, I think there's a lot of excited K-State fans. I think they're going to travel decently mm-hmm. um, for this game. So but to me, I just look at this t- this right now, and I, I think that K-State, the way that they play right now, they're, they're very opportunistic defensively. Yeah, they, they do a really good job making plays when it matters. And then Deuce Vaughn in the run game is just incredible. And so to me, if you can play fundamentally sound defense and you can get the running game going with Deuce Vaughn, then you're you're probably not going to lose because Will Howard has found a way to make that passing game alive. Malik Knowles is a receiver who coming into this season, I go, ah, he's going to be undrafted. He's not. He's never going to go anywhere or be an NFL player. The more I've watched him now, I'm like, hmm, I could see him somehow finding some kind of little role somewhere with the team, and maybe he's still not going to be drafted. But just I'm starting to see like he's helping make some of these other receivers better. Something that as a passing quarterback adrian martinez couldn't do that martinez was no. a really good runner yeah he really is a great runner um passing wise he's not consistent enough well, though i saw him in nebraska when he was like too so sure but this is the thing is like martinez is was has been better with k-state yeah in his in his limited time but will howard as a sophomore is like freaking like just making plays i mean his passes are on point so i'm just, I'm just gonna say like uh duggan dugan however you want to say his name, has, has been pretty spectacular this week, this year. 
sure. uh, leading that team. So with, I mean, you got games, uh, they've been battle tested too in close games, right? Uh, if you look at it here, Oklahoma state was a great matchup when they were healthy. Uh, granted, they are not anywhere remotely close to what they were then, but yeah, I went to that K state, Oklahoma state game. And that was a, well, yeah, that, that was when it all fell apart. For that Oklahoma was quite state. a thing right there. That was bad. Uh, but the Oklahoma state game, uh, Texas Tech, or not Texas Tech, Texas, even though it wasn't really much of a game, but keeping it such a low score and being able to play the defense against Texas, containing BJ, I thought was a huge uplift for that TCU team defense. Baylor, uh, that was that was actually a really great game to watch. Um, and just being able to come back and execute on the way down under pressure and then having the blowout uh, win last week against Iowa State, which is exactly what you need before this title game. <laughs> Because you, you can't go into a game winning 30, you know, 29, 28, or even 34, 24 going into a title game. It's just it's just going to be overwhelming and exhausting going to a top 10 team like K-State. So, uh, but I don't know. I I think I think between the title games going to play, I like the Utah-USC, Kent State-TCU. I think those are going to be the two games you really got to watch this weekend. What Another game I really thought was, I was hoping, hoping, It'd be more of a competitive game, but the slip up as of late for the LSU team that has been such a high powered offense and has really stepped up this year. They had that slip up uh, a couple weeks ago, put them at nine and three, takes this Georgia game completely into a one sided matchup. Unfortunately, it, it could have been such a great game. So, but I think, I think you and I are on the same page. It, it all it all really depends on this USC game for TCU. If TCU is going to make it or not, it depends on this USC game. If USC wins, TCU loses. TCU is gone. If TCU uh, loses, USC loses. I think TCU ends up staying. So, uh, which also just want to make a shout out to Texas Tech for beating OU last week. Yeah, uh, that was some money. Yeah, uh, that was an overtime game. Appreciate that. And I was just, I was glad to see OU get beat by TT. I appreciate that. So uh, I do want to throw out my uh, my idea, and I'll, I'll run it by you real quick, of what I think this NCAA football should have been at by now um, is similar to what, what March Madness is, a tournament style, but bring it down to 32 teams, okay? All your conference winners get in, and then you're looking at what? Another, what I want to say, like eight teams that should be that are ranked normally, you know, that have a great season, be able to sneak in kind of a strength of schedule deal going into play too. So my only, my only question was how many games that would eliminate on the regular season. So you would, you would have to eliminate the title games, all the conference title games go away because it's pointless on the title games anymore. If, so there's no more banners for winning big 12, which there wouldn't be. Well, there, there would be, that like it's the league or or you're saying like basketball like best record like just gets the big 12 title yeah yeah best record like your overall first place person is that is that conference winner just like it is basketball but so then okay once that that part's figured out which would still have to be shortened correct so you you would have to eliminate a a a dumb game the first two season two games in the season sure so eliminate those the title game. You're already eliminating bowl games, so that's the next. So that's already two on the back end. On the so you're saying get rid of bowl games altogether? Yeah, no bowl games. This is See, a straight. I think at, that's where your people would be upset. It's a, it's a total tournament. Well, no, dude. because here's the deal: tournaments. If you're looking at a bracket, we're looking at one versus a fifteen on the basketball, right? So 
when it comes to college football, you're looking at Georgia playing against some little turd down here. You know it's going to be a cakewalk. I mean, I mean, yes. I mean, let's let's be real. It's, no one wants there's to upsets. see that. There's always upsets. There's always stuff that happens. This is what the beauty I, of the college basketball is. That could be I think part of that's, football. That's the part that's too much for me. Is but that's why you go thirty-two teams. That's why you go thirty-two teams to play five weeks. I guess was what yeah. that would four or five actually yeah four or five. So you have the whole month whatever. of basically end of November to the end of December, and then the final championship game falls on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. So. It, I, when it comes to football, no one wants to see that. No one. Wants I to think see it'd be such a huge money maker over bowl games. Over because bowl games. bowl games are evenly matched teams facing off most of the time, compared you're, to what we're going to see in this situation. Where I, I really think you're going to see gonna be a pretty. step up in, like they're not playing like you know it'd be every week. It wouldn't be like basketball where you know they play thursday they play a saturday it'd be literally every week you you play something through november to like the end of november like we normally start to december the whole month in december all right you can you can talk to me about 16 teams i just think 32 32 would be blast seating some of these is not gonna work it also helped the smaller schools get a little bit more money too. be able to force some of those nil deals in the play too I'm just um, saying. I'm saying. Overall, I think it'd be workout for college football. You know how boring Betters? that first week would be. Oh, I don't think no. It'd be the, su- the first week of the tournament. Yeah, sure. You're one. How boring that would be. You're one in fifteen. A bunch of blowouts. You're two, but then you get your three and in your fours and your five. You get that in the bowl games, Tanner. No. That's what those are there no. for. You make it. A I don't. I don't game. need to see. I want to see an, a, a Georgia go kill somebody. Go into the Sweet Sixteen. I want to see a ten seed go to the Elite Eight. That's not fun in football. I think it'd be fun. Okay. A lot of these okay. Guys. You had that with Boise State back when Kellen Moore was there. Correct. That was your uh, darling, you know, team that no, you know, oh, this shouldn't be there. Go upside of Bama. Go. And they were fun Georgia. to watch for that season, right? So you don't want it every season. You don't. No, want because fun. you don't want fun. Every Boise season. State was a special case. You don't want fun every season because those don't always exist every season. Boise There's State was a special there. case. They just don't get that actually did have talent. They don't by the get way. the opportunity. To show it, so oh my god, the opportunity, I, Tanner. They all play games. Nope. If you want the opportunity, you go go blow out your opponent. Think, and you'll I, get the chance. Well, yeah. Then That's you, why, everything Utah's there every then year. Then you eliminate Utah's a good good the football two lanes. School. You lay, you eliminate the UCS from having to be on the outside in every single year. They could get in, they win can't. more games. UCF went undefeated. They still couldn't get in. No. What do you why, want from why, them? Why do you think they went undefeated? Strength of schedule. What else are they supposed to do? Play the no one wants to scheduled? see UCF face Georgia. Nobody wants to play UCF. Nobody wants to watch UCF versus Georgia. I would love to see UCF versus Georgia. That no, year. no one wants to see 58 I want to see three. UCF and Alabama. No, Give no it one to me. wants to see that crap. Give it to me. So that's my that's my theory, guys. I, th- I think it'd be a, a tournament format would be huge for college football in the money sense and also in the fandom sense. I think it, I think you would like it after after a year. Like, hey, this this might be okay. Actually, I'm I'm open to revising the way they structure the college playoff system. Look, totally open to that. We but, all know four is thirty two freaking teams. I'll start. Well, we can go college, by... doesn't college basketball do sixty four? Yeah, we're sixty four. Sixty eight no. actually. Okay, no, because you no. have your playing. We're games. just basketball and football are just so different. Uh, I think so it, I different. Think it'd be, I mean, if you do the sixteen, we never know what'll happen. So no, sixteen would be probably fine. But then you have all division winners. Good. That's conference what I want. Winners. That's what I want. You just want conference winners. I'd rather have that than random. So you want a 16 and a one play 
in a conference. Not right? necessarily. But I'm saying if I have to take that over the other thing you just offered, then yeah, it's I'll, the same I'll thing it. I just offered. No, I, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with a 32 and a one. Well, it would be a 16 and a one. Why would it be a 16 and a one? 16 plus 16. All right. Well, 32. Okay, 16. Whatever. <laughs> so and then the two, the two would play the 15. Yeah. I don't. I, I, don't, I think I don't want whatever. Hey, let's let us know your thoughts. What you guys like for the for college football? If they should change it to 16, if they like the eight coming up, if you want a tournament style, if you what I mean, put in the comments. Let us know what you guys want. All right, Mike. Any final thoughts here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to a good weekend of sports and, you know, I'm sure everyone's girlfriends and wives are getting tired of football being on all the time and, you know, hey, just, just take it easy on them. Just let them know that like, hey, hey, babe, there's only about a month left of college football and then only two months left of the NFL and then we can go watch your favorite movie. You know, we can go do all these things. But for now, I don't know, dude. You know, for now, this doesn't work you're, for locked, me. you're locked in. That doesn't work for me. Just let her know. Like, tell her we're on the back well, half yeah, of I the talk season. To, I could talk about football, but then there's college basketball. Remember, I continue oh, I on. I don't stop at football. I, I got college basketball. Yes, you do. And then when college basketball ends, the MLB starts. The NBA is just getting interesting, finally. No, the NBA is not interesting until May. So, that, that can, that, April, uh, May. Like, you're pretty much right there. So. <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, just those of you out there that your whole weekends revolve around football, just just let Sports. her know, like, hey, hon, like, we only got about a month or two left of this. And that's all football over. is almost done. NFL will be done in a couple yeah. months. So just, but here's the thing. For now, you need to stand firm. You need to watch all those goddamn games that you want to watch. You're going to watch them all day long Saturday and all day long Sunday. Oh, man. Because this is your time of year, my man. To do whatever the hell you want. So the, the pep talk from Mike. The pep talk from Mike. All right, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. Final word, and that's my final word. I love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Please let us know your thoughts here. Who do you like this weekend coming to play? Easy money bet. Tell us your thoughts on the college playoff picture. What do you want to see? Uh, all in the comments here. Make sure you guys give a like, subscribe, follow the whole shabane. Much appreciated. We'll uh catch you next Wednesday. Sounds good to me. I'll see y'all on the next one. See you guys.